And welcome to this edition of Wagaboo's Love. Today I have with me Eve Molson. Thank you for coming on again. Absolutely. love being here. I appreciate it because you add such an extra element of, of knowledge to this. And, and especially today because I want to talk about doggy daycare. Oh, good topic. Because I am in a Facebook group and somebody in that Facebook group was shocked that they couldn't just drive up and drop off Fido and, and get them enrolled real quickly so because they were going back to work um, or whatever the reason be that you need a doggy daycare. It was kind of like a child daycare is what they learned, right. what she learned. What they learned was it's just not, it's, it's never simple because there's lots of reasons. And I want to add that within where even I live, there may be different rules, ordinances, and or laws compared to where you live when you're listening to this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, every, every state is different. Any, every county is different. Every city is different. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of variations. So there may be a lot of similarities. And we talked today on how the reasons why you can't just drive up and do a quick interview and drop off Fido. So in, in understanding that, that's a, that's a good thing to keep in mind when, when we're talking today. And so tell us when somebody wants to be a client of yours in your doggy daycare, what is usually a typical procedure uh, and the needs of the client to be able to become a client of yours? Oh, absolutely. Um, Most facilities do have some sort of an online enrollment form off of their website. Um, And I know a lot of people kind of live off Facebook and and Instagram. So you definitely want to peruse somebody's website not only um, to enroll, but also they usually have good information on there of what to expect, what their process is, what their pricing is, um, what do they allow and don't allow. Um, Because there is a lot that goes into a doggy daycare facility. It is just like a child daycare facility. There are vaccination requirements. Um, There might be spay and altered uh, requirements, spay and neutering. Um, there might be an evaluation that's required. There's definitely a lot of paperwork. So that's, that by far always shocks people, the paperwork side of it. But it's required. And it's required by usually ordinances within the city or if not the state. And, and so you have to know those and you have to abide by those. Do they have to be altered to be a client of yours? So we allowed unaltered up until eight months. And I know that gets into conflict sometimes when people um, have signed a contract with a breeder and a breeder says, uh, you're not allowed to alter until they're a year or two years. Or their veterinarian is saying to wait longer for whatever reason. It has nothing to do with that. You, people need to understand those are two different things, right? Your veterinarian is one entity, your breeder's another entity. And we're a third entity in the care of your pet. Um, And what we're looking at is the pack mentality, not your pet. Mm -hmm. And that's really where it comes into play because people say, oh, well, but my dog won't hump anybody or, you know, I won't bring her when she's in heat. That's really not the issue. The issue is if I have 20 animals that are all neutral and I bring in a non-neutral animal, that non-neutral usually gets picked on. And people in the hunting uh, genre with dogs will absolutely um, testify to that. 
because that is why they typically don't alter their pet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, when you do get your pet altered, the veterinarian usually tells you those hormones are still going to be in your dog's system for several months. So by not altering your pet and putting it with 20 altered pets, it's the odd man out. It smells. There's something that the other dogs know. They smell it. Yeah. yeah. And they know it. It is. And then they're like, oh, something's wrong with you. I'm going to pick on you. We're going to bully you. So it, it really has nothing to do with your personal dog or your personal belief or what you want for your dog. It, it has to do with what's, re- what's right for the pack. Now, some daycares can accommodate intact for older dogs um, and some cannot. So everyone is a little different. For us, it's eight months. I know uh, another daycare in town near us, it's six months. Um, another daycare doesn't do any that are not altered. So everybody has to be spayed or neutered which means they don't usually take pets until they're at least, you know, four, four months or older. Um, so yeah, every daycare is slightly different. I have five within my community and uh, we all have slightly different rules. Uh, the one we all agree on is the vaccination process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that is dictated by our local county um, and state. So for the state of Wisconsin, Uh, we are required to show proof of rabies. Mm -hmm. And that is the only one that they can, that they hold us to. Um, But as a general rule, you want to see distemper, lepto, parvo. um, And then the, there's a couple that are um, not controversial, but they are more variable. Uh, One is the Bordetella vaccine, commonly known as canine cough or kennel cough. Yeah. And we get very offended when the term kennel cough is used, (laughs) you know, back in the day, dogs weren't social, right? We didn't have dog parks. You didn't get together with your neighbor and let the dogs play. So it was primarily passed from dog to dog in a kennel environment, whether it was your vet's kennel or a private kennel. Now that we know more about canine cough, that it could be past dogs walking because it lives in the air. It's an airborne virus similar to what we're going through right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and it's, you know, it, there's a lot of variable factors that affect canine cough. Um, humidity is a big one. Um, but as far as how long I can live outside the body. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we go to dog parks. Nobody comes in and cleans your dog park. No. Sanitize <laughs> the toys there. It's Nobody cleans the, the water system. bowls. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so um, that gets spread and, and so many apartment complexes have their own little parks. Yeah. So you'll see it spread very quickly in those types of environments, plus just people walking through the hallway mm-hmm. um, and that type of thing. You know, we've seen entire neighborhoods where every dog in the neighborhood caught canine cough, even though they didn't play together, because it just floats from backyard to backyard and it just keeps passing down each house. <laughs> so we do the lepto, um, distemper lepto parvo. Uh, lepto is not very common down south, mm-hmm. um, but there will be outbreaks. And then uh, Arizona just had a uh, spotted yellow fever outbreak. And that's something we've never had in the upper Midwest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, every, every area is different. Um, a lot of people in the Chicago area, because back, uh, I think it was four years ago now, uh, there was a huge canine influenza outbreak. Yeah. yeah. And it started in Chicago. 
And so a lot of the daycares down in Chicago re will require that vaccine for that reason. Um, and that's a two-part vaccine. So you have to be well prepared because you get the first, the dog gets the first shot and then 30 days later, it gets the second shot. So it's again, not something you can be like, oh, I'll just go to the vet and quick get that and then book my appointment to come in the next day. Nope, yeah. um, it is a timed vaccine. And uh, anybody who's gotten a puppy remembers you go in, you know, usually in that eight week, six to eight week time frame, and then you're in the 12 to 14 time frame, mm -hmm. and then you're in the 16 to 18 week time frame because it is a series of vaccinations. So everyone is a, a little bit different. Um, and again, depending on where you are, um, I know Australia, I think, has uh, their own um, unique vaccine that they require, again, because yeah. of their geographic area and, and what goes on there. But your primary ones are your rabies, the distemper parvo, and then your Bordetella vaccine. Um, those are the three most important. And the key thing to note, and this is something that the veterinarians don't do a very good job of explaining, is that the Bordetella vaccine is like the flu vaccine. It's not necessarily going to prevent your dog from getting canine cough, it'll weaken the symptoms. Yeah. And there are multiple strains of canine cough. Um, so it's not 100% effective. However, that being said, the manufacturers of the vaccine will pay for your dog to get swabbed and the medical bill, but you have to call the manufacturer. The vet's not gonna do it for you because the vet honestly doesn't want your dog coughing in its facility. So a lot of, a lot of vets yeah. will be like, just stay in your car. We'll come out. Yep. Your dog's yeah. coughing. Here's some medication. Yeah. And again, it's not that your dog has to have medication. Um, a lot of vets are going the homeopathic way with this and saying, just let it run its course. Um, and uh, we'll give you some homeopathic advice, but uh, no, the manufacturers um, will actually pay to have it swabbed because they need to make a better vaccine. Yeah. And they don't get that information unless you reach out to them yep. and let them know. And the key is the swab. So when dogs are coughing, they don't know to swallow. They just think they have something in their throat and are trying to hack yeah. it up. So they continue to cough. Yeah. You throw them a little piece of kibble or a treat, then they swallow and then it makes that sensation go away. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so with these vaccines that the dogs need, you can't, they, you can't just take people's word for it. What kind of proof do you require in your facility? Certainly. So most of the time they have to bring in a copy of, um, on the veterinarian's letterhead, you know, whether that's a bill receipt, the thing we need to see is what was the date that it was given and the date that it expires because different vets have different rules. And every state has different rules. Yeah. So some distemper vaccines are only good for a year. Some are good for two years. Depending, the Bordetella vaccine can be given orally, um, internasally, and injected. Each one of those is different. Yeah. One is good for a year. One is good for six months. So that's the key. We need to see the date that it was given and then the date that it expires. So yeah. that way we know where things are at. You know, if you've never been to a doggy daycare like myself, I, I know of them and I think they're awesome things. And I've had clients who've sent their dogs to doggy daycare. It, this can be rude awakening and it's to also help save you and them should, you know, somebody bite somebody. 
you have oh, the absolutely. proof for that. Absolutely. Um, because the first thing that happens when a dog does bite somebody, whether it's a dog or a human, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have to go see a vet to see if they have rabies. And typically, as long as they're up to date on their vaccinations, the vet does a real quick, easy, you know, look and then moves on. Um, if the dog is not up to date on its vaccinations, it's a much more thorough exam. And typically they have to be quarantined at the vet clinic mm-hmm. for care during those 10 to 14 days. And it's so very that's expensive. expensive. <laughs> that's very expensive. Uh, if you have not boarded your pet at the vet clinic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it, it gets up there because, yeah. you know, they're very educated, trained, certified staff. So um, it is not the economical place to board your pet for sure. Uh, and and the, the bigger thing too is you don't want your pet to get sick. Yeah. Nobody wants their pet to get yeah. sick. The facility doesn't want your pet to get sick. The facility does not want an outbreak. Um, yeah. A friend of mine's daycare down in Arizona, when they had that yellow fever breakout, she ripped up all of her flooring down to the studs because she was so concerned that maybe there was you know, uh, some of the disease that had gotten down underneath the flooring or, you know, like it was being held somewhere in her building. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. just the immense cost to do that in a 5,000 square foot facility on top of shutting down your business. Um, And then she worked with her local um, veterinary university and specialists there. And they actually um, came up with some great solutions for that disease. Um, but it was just, you know, it's scary. It's yeah. absolutely scary. You know, the dogs can't tell us when they're sick. No. So it, it makes it complicated. Um, and then, you know, with the canine cough, people always ask when their dog gets it, well, who is the dog that brought it in? Were they not vaccinated? Again, the vaccine just is not a hundred percent. And the key is that dogs typically don't show symptoms until usually five to seven days after they've been exposed. So the dog could be at day three, carrying it, playing away at daycare, and nobody has any idea. So when there is an outbreak at a daycare, it usually lasts about 30 days. Um, During that time, they they may stop taking in new dogs, just so that way they're not reinfecting somebody. it, again, it usually affects dogs that are under two years of age um, who haven't been exposed to other dogs or just don't have that immune system built up. Every facility goes through it. So nobody is immune. If a daycare ever tells you, oh, we've never had canine cough, I'll tell you they're lying. Um, yeah, or ignorant. <laughs> I don't no, think you yeah. want either of those. Like, no, <laughs> no. Um, and uh, most facilities are, are transparent. You know, they're going to post on their social media page. They won't post it to their website, but they'll post it to their yeah. social media page. Um, there'll probably be signs on the door. Uh, you, as a, if you're an existing client, you'll get an email saying, hey, we're experiencing some cough. Please don't bring your dog in if he's actively coughing. And then every facility has different rules as far as if your dog did re- catch the canine cough, when can it come back? Yeah. Um, general thumb is five to 10 days after last cough. It depends on if they had medicine, didn't have medicine, et cetera. So it's kind of like, you know, in daycare, one kid gets a cold, then everybody gets it. That's kind of, would you say that's what it's equal to? 
Absolutely. You know, and, and a lot of it depends on immune systems, right? Yeah. Like, again, just like us in an office, just like kids at school, um, you know, there's always that one that doesn't get it. <laughs> correct. Correct. And then there's some of them that get it all the oh, time. Nice. I mean, I have a Frenchie. She yeah. has a very poor immune system. She has a ton of allergies. You know, if it's a new strain of canine cough, she'll catch it right away. So that's how I always know if it's a new strain or an old strain, yeah. whether or not my personal dog catches it. <laughs> and if she has the vaccine, then she probably doesn't get a bad case. Usually not. Usually not. And when she, you know, when she has caught it, um, the first time I want to say she coughed for eight days. Um, and then after that, each time she caught it, it was between three and five. Um, but she also has really bad allergies too. So yeah. it gets to be a, a conundrum with it. Yeah. Um, canine cough typically is not deadly. However, if you have a very saliva-y dog, so a drooly dog, uh-huh. Um, or again, the, sh the sh shorter snouted dogs, uh, they can aspirate, which means they cough and then they swallow their phlegm Yeah. and then they catch pneumonia. Yeah. So that's usually the part where we worry. Um, so yes, when mine catches canine cough, um, typically I'm like, oh, she's going to get pneumonia, you know, and I call the vet and he immediately puts us on medication yeah. simply for that reason. Yeah. Now she has caught pneumonia three times without ever catching a cough. So <laughs> just to show you um, that the two don't necessarily go hand in hand, but it is always a possibility. For a doggy daycare, would you say that that's probably the biggest thing? If everybody has their vaccinations, that is a possibility. Absolutely. And it's the thing we worry about the most um, because it spreads so easily and we don't know. We don't, yeah. you know, that's the harbor. We don't yeah. know that somebody is carrying it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's real, it's hard on the daycare facilities, not only because, you know, you could have 20, 30 dogs out with cough, so they're not coming to daycare, but also it lasts, you know, like I said, yeah. typically 30 days uh, within the facility. It doesn't matter how much we're trying to clean it. Um, you know, we're exhausting out the dirty air. We're running dehumidifiers to make it as dry as possible. Um, there's usually a protocol for the staff because in a facility. So I'm a large facility. We do a hundred dogs a day for daycare. I run six different play groups. So we don't run three different groups for bigs, you know, your low energy, medium energy, and high. Then we run a teeny tinies, a tinies, and a small play group. We as the humans are the biggest spreaders of canine cough in my facility because we go from group to group and we don't change our clothes. No, no. So dog A comes over, just sniffs me or maybe licks uh -huh. my shoe. I go over into the next play group, another dog comes up and I've passed it. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it makes it really hard and we feel so guilty no, because sure. we know, we know we've yeah. done it. Like we're petting Fido here and then we go over to the next group and we put Fluffy. Well, I just yeah. gave Fluffy canine cough without yeah. having an idea that I had it. <laughs> um, so, so we giggle that although humans cannot catch it, um, we sure yeah. do carry it. And, yeah. and that's, and you know, we've had staffers that, whose dogs um, were not daycare appropriate. So they didn't come to daycare and they've caught it because the staffers brought it home. Do you do a, for lack of a better word, a temperament test? Do you do like an interview of the dog to see how the dog is if it, uh, to see if they are a good fit for a doggy daycare? If they're appropriate, sure. Yeah. So on our evaluation form, we ask a lot of questions. You know, have your dog, has your dog ever bit another dog? Has your dog ever bit a human? Um, what, uh, what gets your dog excited? Um, 
are they leery of strangers? So that's a question to see, you know, can they even handle being around new people at our environment? So we ask quite a few questions in our online questionnaire when people enroll. We don't do an in-person one at my facility. We're um, big enough that we tell people, book them for half day or full day, it's fine. And when the dog comes in and we're walking through the daycare, we're reading that dog's body language. Are they kind of bouncing up and down and like, woohoo, I hear friends, let's go. Or are they, holy crap, and the hair goes up on their back oh. and their tail is tucked. And then we're like, okay, this may not be for you. So let's just introduce you to a couple of dogs and let's see how it goes. We might leave the leash on. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so we don't schedule a separate time, but we do our in-person evaluation on their first day of daycare. And don't think that this is easy. And, you know, some facilities will do the evaluation with the pet parent present and some will not. Yeah. Most will not because dogs feed off of energy and you as the pet parent are probably sitting there extremely nervous you're given the vibe like, oh my God, don't embarrass me. Oh my gosh, I hope this goes well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the dog's yeah. like, mom, what is wrong with you? Why are you so nervous? No, I'm nervous. What are we doing here? Am I at the vet again? You know, yeah. um, it, because how often do you take your dog into a building other than the True. vet? I take my dog into, uh, to get groomed. That's the only time I just up and leave go. them and they want me out of there as fast as possible. And I agree. Yep. I totally yeah. agree. They're different dogs. Yeah, they are uh, when different I leave. dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's just it. And, and um, so, so yeah, so the facilities that, that make you do an in-person evaluation, um, there's typically a cost to that because it is taking staff time. So don't balk at the fact that, you know, you're paying a $25 fee to have your dog evaluated and maybe your dog doesn't pass the evaluation. Yeah. Um, and most evaluations, what they're doing is they are taking your dog and they're going to put it in a room or in a play area with a balanced dog. When I say balanced, I mean a dog that's not going to run up into your dog's face, mm -hmm. who's going to casually saunter over and sniff your dog's butt and then maybe play about to them or, you know, interact with them in a very nice, neutral manner. And if at any point your dog is given the heebie-jeebies and saying, mm-mm, Noob, hairs up, maybe, you know, skitters away when the other dog tries to give a little sniff, yeah. maybe lip, a lip curl, oh, maybe a yeah. snarl. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a big risk for daycare facilities to take dogs in that aren't balanced. Yeah. Because again, I'm putting your dog with a pack of 10, 15, 20 dogs. Mm -hmm. And I need all the dogs to enjoy the company of each other. So if your dog can get along at the, at the dog park, can they always get along at daycare? Typically, yes. Um, and on the flip side, if your dog doesn't enjoy the dog park, they still might enjoy daycare. Yeah. My um, Millie does not like the dog park, but she does just fine at the groomer. Mm -hmm. And uh, Violet loves the groomer. She's never been to a dog park. Uh, so I kind of, I'm gauging if I wanted to get them into some kind of a, of a daycare, I kind of, it's hard for me to gauge. Sure. And the key thing is really knowing your dog, right? So even though you haven't been to the dog park, when you take your dog for a walk, um, does it seem interested in life in general? 
right? Um, and it, or is your dog completely scared? Now I can tell you, based on how the daycare operates, the dogs that are scared, they might actually flourish in a daycare environment. Yeah, okay. It depends on the daycare. Mm -hmm. um, the type of dog you don't wanna try at a daycare is the one who, if a dog sniffs its butt, it's gonna turn and snap. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, it's just not a good fit. For that, you would want to try a day training facility or a doggy school facility, somewhere where it's only going to be two or three dogs. A trainer is there to help your dog work through the dog greeting process and that type of thing. Daycares are typically not as formal. Um, you know, we're gym teachers. Yeah. yeah. Or we're teachers out on the playground. You know, the objective is for the dogs to enjoy each other's company, not for the dogs to enjoy the human's company. And, and that's is, really the key. I want to talk about the other kinds of daycare because I think those are important too. What is the biggest thing that a newbie like myself should know about doggy daycare and wanting to bring my dog to one or wanting to get my dog into one? Yeah, so there's kind of um, four different categories, for lack of a better word. Um, you have daycares that are called all day play. And that's where your dog stays in the play with the same play group all day and plays. And it's not like they're going to be like riding the treadmill all day kind of play <laughs> type of thing. You know, um, you always want to make sure that there's places for the dogs to lay down. Um, every daycare has fresh water available to dogs at all times that the State Department of Ag kind of rules that almost on a national level. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just so all day play is just where your dog is in a play group all day long. Um, there are some facilities that will do a crate and rotate. So your dog gets a couple hours of play and then an hour or two of rest and then a couple hours of play, couple hours of rest. Those are great for puppies. Oh, okay. You know, you wouldn't take your puppy to the gym or, you know, you wouldn't take your small child to the gym and say, hey, work out for six hours, will ya? Right, yeah. they need a rest. Yeah. Um, because their muscles and their bones and their joints are all growing. So it's, it's mm -hmm. always a good idea to just make sure that, that the facility allows that downtime um, and whether they do it naturally or you can schedule it. So for us, we don't do the crate and rotate. We do the all day play, but from one to three, we dim the lights, we turn down the music and we ask our handlers to not go into play groups if at all possible. And we just let the dogs lay down and take a nap. Um, and so, you know, whether it's all day play or create and rotate also don't be surprised if your facility closes from like 12 to two or 11 to one, a lot of facilities do that because again, we're trying to allow the dogs to take a break mm -hmm. and we can't do that. If the door dings, because you're walking in or we're pulling a dog out of group or putting it into group because you're here to pick it up. So, um, a lot of facilities have that as a rule and it's meant for the animal's well-being. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a new type of daycare is called enrichment daycare, where they're providing enrichment activities for the dogs. That might be a ball pit, uh, that might be agility equipment. Um, we just call it fun day, but we did yeah. a foam machine where we blew foam out into the oh. play yard and let the dogs run through it. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie, most of the dogs are like, what is this white stuff? But it looked really fun. <laughs> Um, you know, your facility might have pools available, whether oh, it's kitty yeah. pools or, a, an, you know, a big pool, 
So yeah, enrichment. And what that's doing is it's enriching the life of the dog. It's giving them new exposures to things. Um, so those, those are up and coming. Um, and they're things that, you know, daycares are trying to give to enhance the dog's life. And when we talk about dog daycare, there's a reason the word dog is in there. It's about the dog. Yeah. No offense to you humans, uh -huh. but it's about the dog. Yeah. We're different. Dogs need different things than humans or little humans even. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, as a client, you need to understand the hours, the mm -hmm. um, things that we require as far as vaccinations, our rules of drop-off and pickup and what kind of leash and collar you have to have. It's about the dog. Yeah. It's not about you, the human. Yeah. It's about the dog. And um, there are reasons for all of these rules. And, you know, it's awesome that you can explain quite a bit of this, especially the vaccinations. I know that that's what most people are, you know, oh my gosh, they didn't realize about, but, Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I love the different groups. I love the different types of, of daycare that there are. The enrichment sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, enrichment, it's, uh, it's, it's fun to incorporate and to watch dogs flourish. Yeah. Um, and then uh, day training has kind of become a new one. Um, and that is where, you know, think of it as dog school. So we have a dog school at our facility. It's separate from daycare where we incorporate playtime and obedience training and some behavior modification training. Yeah. So, um, day training daycares or training daycares are also uh, becoming more new. And, um, a lot of people enjoy that because that way you're kind of killing two birds with one stone, right? Your dog's getting some training and it's getting socialization. Um, and just like daycare, when you pick the dog up at the end of the day, it's going to be tired. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I think I saw a video on your Facebook where somebody was doing day training. And mm -hmm. is that something that you do tend to videotape a lot so I can go, oh, I'm doing that so wrong with my Fido when we're home. That's why they <laughs> respond so much better to you. <laughs> yeah. So my facility is 15,000 square feet. So we're, we're very big. Yeah. Um, we, again, we run the six different playgroups for daycare. We run a dog school. Uh, we have dog training classes at night. Uh, we run a nonprofit um, behavior modification group out of our facility for shelters and rescues. Um, but people can add for us, training is just such a big part of what we try and do, um, whether that's in daycare, um, in our dog school, that we offer it all the time. So mm -hmm. if somebody drops their dog off for daycare and they're like, Hey, can you add a 30 minute training session today and really work on the dog, not jumping? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, and a lot of times it's a great enhancement to what you are already doing at home. Mm -hmm. So at home, if you're working on loose leash walking or every time somebody comes over the dog, not jumping up on somebody, we can just add that in to your dog's day. And, and again, those facilities that do the day training or even the enrichment daycares, they can usually put that in. It's just part of the dog's daily activity. Um, for us, it's an add-on feature yeah. that people can get. And then, yeah, we post our videos um, on our Facebook page. We run three different Facebook groups, <laughs> depending on why your dog's yeah. at our facility. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we love to do the videos because that way you can see the technique. How are we holding yeah. the leash? Yeah. Uh, what are the words that we're using? So there is a vocabulary that is slightly different at doggy mm -hmm. daycare yeah. um, than at home typically. So 
even though you're not asking for it, we, all the facilities work with the dogs because it's for dog safety. Yeah. yeah. And that's, what's super important. Um, you know, you had asked about evaluations and meet and greets and, yeah. um, the dog is not always the only person on evaluation. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> you want me on my best behavior and not showing Just you the hot head I really that am. out there um yeah I could, yeah you know every facility is different some facilities are small they max out at 20 dogs a day mm-hmm. they don't want high maintenance clients you know because they they are small um or people who want high technology you want cameras in the play yard so while you're at work you can look in on your dog sure. You know, that may not be the right facility for you if they don't have that. So every facility is different. Yeah. And if you don't get the right vibe from that facility, I'm sure there's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we're all different in how we operate. The five of us within my community, we're all doggy daycares, but we all operate slightly different. Yeah. So what we look for in our human and dog clients is slightly different. Yeah. Um, I need people who are self-sufficient <laughs> yeah. because we do so many dogs. You need to book online. Uh-huh. So if you don't have a computer and can do that or a smartphone, I'm probably not the right facility for you because you're going to end up calling us and leaving us a voicemail uh-huh. message. It's just yeah. the nature of how we operate. Um, and there's another facility here in town that yeah, they max out at 35 dogs and the owner care gives out her personal cell phone number. That's great. That works for her and her environment. Yeah. Um, so it's no different than you find some things at Target, you find some things at Walmart, you might yeah. find some things at the, you know, at Kroger's or what have you, Trader Joe's, right? They're all the yeah. same. They all carry yeah. food. But it's slightly different. All different. I think that's important to point out that everything's a little bit different, but also, you know, you're both feeling each other out you know, to figure out if your particular daycare is right. And if not, well, then move on because you want to find what's right and what's really feels good for you. Uh, and, and if it does cost you $25 for an evaluation, you know, that's kind of worth it. It's worth it for you to know that your dog fits in there. Yeah. And that's the reality. Yeah. Um, so then that, that brings us to the, what if your dog gets kicked out of daycare? Oh, I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's not personal. Let me just say that right now. It is not personal. It is nothing to do with you as the human. Why unless truly, yeah. unless they do fire you as a human, which I have fired. Oh, yeah. Before. yeah. That happens um, in regular daycare. The kid <laughs> right? gets kicked out and the parent gets kicked out. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, so most in my facility, your dog is, I'm going to tell you that your dog does not enjoy daycare. Not wow. every dog does. Yeah. Yeah. Not every dog enjoys the company of other animals. And, and again, because we are all different, yeah. um, there is one daycare in my area that they don't do toys and uh, barking is, is frowned upon. Ooh. So if you got a barky hound, Oh, the dog's probably not going to make it in that facility. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just because how they want to operate. Yeah. They want yeah. more of a Zen type of environment. Yeah. And that's fine. That, so when I have dogs that it just seems like the, the noise bothers them. Okay. Yeah. That inside the facility, they seem nervous and anxious, yeah. but outside in the play yard, they're not as anxious and nervous because it's not as loud. Mm-hmm. 
I would recommend the other facility as being yeah. a better fit. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's something also to think about that, you know, what in we're figuring out what's best for your dog. Cause I know my Violet, she's, she's still a barker. She's always going to be a barker. That's just her breed. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> and right. so she wouldn't be able to go to the quiet place, quiet place. No, Millie probably could fit in well at the quiet place. Cause you know, she can be quiet all day. And if yep. she barks, there's something wrong. I pay attention. Right. Um, if your dog is extremely toy obsessed. Oh yeah. yeah. Make sure that your daycare can maybe not have toys. Yeah. You yeah. Know, again, it's, it's every dog is different. So it's honoring the dog. You know, that seems to be our theme in almost every yeah, conversation, right? Yeah, Honor sure. the dog. And that is truly what the daycares are trying to do. You know, it is the 80-20 rule. We want to make 80% of, you yeah. know, fit the mold for 80%. Yeah. Um, and we apologize to the other 20, but well, it, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Not everything's right for everybody. And, and it, you're right. It is about honoring your dog because when you do do that, you have a better dog. You have a happier dog. You have a better relationship with your dog. And and they are happier and healthier. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, you did dog walking and pet sitting. Oh, yeah. The stress. Oh, yeah. That dogs go under for various oh, things. Yeah. July fireworks, right? Yeah. How many people had dogs with diarrhea after, oh, yeah. you know, listening to uh, the fireworks going off? Yeah. So stress in a dog does affect their physical health as well. It yeah. lowers their immune system. Yep. Um, you know, they get that irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So making sure that the dog is mentally happy oh, yeah. as well as yeah. physically happy is super important. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's hard again, cause they can't tell us. Yeah. So you have to rely on the expertise of the daycare attendants and, and you it, know, every, every daycare will be slightly different too. Like yeah. what breeds do they accept? Um, what they will and won't allow in their building. Um, we have one here that doesn't uh, doesn't allow chows in daycare. Okay. I'm assuming they just had a bad experience, and you know, it, it that's just their policy. Yeah. You don't have there's to like it. There's a lot of stereotypes yeah. with certain dog breeds. Certainly, certainly. There certainly are. Yep, yeah. yep. Um, a friend of mine in Denver, she owns a daycare that only takes dogs under 30 pounds. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. People always ask me, what breed do I kick out of uh, daycare the most? Oh. Border Collies. Oh, yeah. They want to herd <laughs> the pack. Everybody they nip the is. ankles and, yeah. um, you know, yeah. putting them with a group of dogs gets yeah. them super excited. Oh, my God. Yeah. I get to herd cows and sheep. And now I get oh, to herd right. dogs. Yes. Um, oh, you yeah. know, they I want a job. Imagine. Yep. And, you know, they nip the ankles of all the other dogs. <laughs> and that makes them <laughs> mad. Like that. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Um, and again, you know, daycare is not meant for everybody, but that's, no. it is just one of those things where, um, we, you, you kind of live and learn and yeah. some dogs, they just, some dogs get over threshold and that's the yeah. term we use, right? Yeah. They're are so excited to be in this group mm -hmm. they're over threshold. And when they are over threshold, they yeah. behave badly. They're jumping on their friends. Um, they might be playing too rough with their friends and, you know, as again, as a daycare, I have one human to a pack of dogs. Yeah. So I can't just sit and watch your dog. I have to watch the pack. Yeah. Um, so yes, there, there are times where we have excused a dog for just being overzealous in their play style. And so, but there are some dogs, would they be more 
full time better for the other styles of a daycare, such Absolutely. as the training? Yep. Is there a yep. smaller pack type of a, or maybe you should just look for a smaller daycare? Correct. Yeah. So if your dog um, is excused from daycare because their play style is just over the top, they are just way too excited to be in the group. That's where an enrichment style daycare or a day training type of daycare would be great Mm -hmm. because that's going to work their brain doing other things than badgering the other kids in the, in the play group. Um, And, and that, again, it's just honoring your dog. That's fine. Um, Then we have the immature dogs where they're not reading the other dogs in the group. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of call them the drunk guy at the bar. Hey lady. Hey lady. Hey yeah. lady. Hey lady. Hey yeah. lady. Hey, 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 do you see me here? Hey, can I buy you a drink? Hey, Hey, can we talk? Yeah. yeah let's talk. Uh huh. Yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> when your back is to them and you're having a conversation with somebody else and that person is still right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they can't read other dogs, signs and signals, you know, the lip curl, um, the giving of the, the buttocks, you know, to tell them to go away, that can lead to a scuffle. Yeah. Because eventually someone's going to turn around and say, can you just leave me alone? Yeah. And when a dog says that to another dog, it's usually not in a very nice way. Yep. Do they ever learn? They potentially can mature into it um, depending on the dog. Yeah. You know, and that's where, again, you know, if you have a dog like that, switching to an enrichment daycare or a day training daycare um, would be more beneficial for your dog. So, and that's important to know. And I think that's why the, the getting to know you and going through all of this within a doggy daycare is really important. And it seems also that, you know, your staff and, and who your staff is, is very important. And them, you know, knowing dogs or, you know, being trained by you or being trainers themselves is really, it's really important for us to get to know your staff and for them to know us, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, So there's lots of different um, ways that daycares do train their staff. Um, I actually created a a company called Dog Handler Academy that I sell to other daycares to help them train their employees on how to be good dog handlers. Uh, We cover everything from how to identify different types of poop Um, how to put on and off different types of harnesses, how to listen to different types of barks. So if I'm not right next to the dog or I can't see the dog, but I can hear the different types of barking going on, how to identify what's a good bark and a bad bark, um, dog body, you know, how to read dog body language. We go over how to take a, take a dog from a client and how to give a dog back to a client. Yeah. You know, there's a technique there, especially if the dog is leery and says, "Mm, not sure I want to go with you, stranger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So so don't be offended if a handler (laughs) takes the leash and then we ask you to walk out the door before we move. Because I don't, you know, normally once the pet parent is out of sight, the dog's like, okay, fine. I can't sit on the couch and watch Netflix and eat bonbons all day. I'll go with you. Yeah. But otherwise, (laughs) if you're standing right there, they'll be like, are you sure, mom? Are you sure, mom? I'll go sit on the couch with you, mom. I'll even let you rub my belly, mom. Yeah. Yeah. I have to pretend like I'm, I'm going with them into whatever, when I'm dropping off just at the, at the doggy beauty parlor to get them to go in. If I have, if I haven't finished checking in, 
Right. So that I think that must be quite normal. And and it's interesting that there is a technique to that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, there is. And it's, uh, you know, some people, when the dog comes out to you at the end of the day, they enjoy it when the dog jumps on them and says, oh my gosh, I love you yeah. and miss you. Yeah. And other people are like, get down, you have manners. <laughs> so we, as handlers, yeah. we need to know what is appropriate and not appropriate for each human. Yeah. Um, and just to have control, I mean, most daycares have smaller lobbies, just like your groomer, right? It's a smaller lobby. It is. So if you have people coming and going, you know, maintaining control of the dog, like in our lobby, we have big signs that say no dog and dog interaction in the lobby because I have two pet parents standing there and they're letting their dogs have yeah. a little interaction. Yeah. They may not go over so well. Yeah. And then, you know, so, so there are rules. Mm -hmm. uh, there's typically lots of signs to go with those rules. And uh, that's uh, just, again, important policies, procedures for you to know. Yeah. You know, every daycare is slightly different. Um, and again, on their website, yeah. on, on their enrollment form, hopefully they're explaining to you what they're asking. Um, a lot of people too want to try and bring food. Oh, oh he no. didn't eat breakfast. Can you feed her? Typically, no, we can't. Because we're checking in everybody. We're getting them into play. Yeah. Um, you know, and when we pull Fluffy out and say, hey, Fluffy, your mom wants you to eat breakfast. Fluffy's like, I ain't eating breakfast here. I'm going to go yeah. play with my friends. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a lot of pet parents that will give us little baggies of to try and feed their dog lunch. Oh. And I will tell you, so if we had 10 bags for lunch, we're getting <laughs> eight of them back still full. That is totally understandable for me. But what about puppies that are growing puppies do they need nutrition during that time and can is that a you know is that something that's workable sure and most facilities for those younger dogs they that they're going to give a break to because all they play is too much yeah that is appropriate but your five-year-old slightly overweight lab does not yeah. need lunch <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah totally um, I have several pet parents that hand me their baggie and they're like, yep, I know she's not going to eat it, but this makes me feel good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, Fido's also going to start eating before they leave. If they're not given the food during the day, they're going to kind of know they aren't going to get their food. So they, they kind of will eat. It does change their behavior a little bit at home. Yeah. And the thing to really know is when we are feeding your pet in a daycare environment, we're having to give your pet a break because we don't want them to bloat. We don't want them to throw it up. Yeah. You know, think of the swimming rule, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't eat a cheeseburger and then go hop in the pool. Yeah. So your dog does miss out possibly on some activities um, if yeah. you're sending that lunch and, and the dog doesn't necessarily need that lunch. So yeah. So for our little puppies um, that come that get lunch, they get 30, 35 minutes um, out of the play group and they get put into a crate and they have their water bowl and then their lunch and they stay there for that entire time. Facilities that do utilize food in their playgroups, they post that on their website. They want you to know that ahead of time. You know, they don't want any issues and you don't want any issues. So no one is going to hide that, that feature or that fact um, yeah. with you. And, you know, same thing. If your dog's going to fight another dog over a tennis ball, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, that's something you need to have a conversation about. Um, yeah. Most of the questions that we get are, um, is my dog, how often does my dog go out to potty? Sure. And, um, it, we always find it a little silly, but they always say, does my dog have access to water? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not know of a single daycare facility and I know thousands oh, yeah. of daycare facilities yeah. that don't give the dogs access to water 24 seven. Really? Um, it, it, they, it's really, I'm, I'm just going to say like, it's, you just do, you just have to give water yeah. um, to everybody all the time. Yeah. And if for us, um, in my county, it's actually a county ordinance that dogs must have access to water at all times. Um, Something but, good to know to ask. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, like I said, everybody always asks and we're always like, yep, absolutely. Sure. Um, and the key thing um, to also ask is medications. If your oh, dog yeah. needs a medication midday um, or, you know, they're on a medication, um, does that facility do medications? Oh. and do they charge for it again we're talking about we're pulling out a dog we need to have a yeah. seasoned supervisor yeah. um, or trained uh -huh. staff person to do that yep so don't be surprised if there is a charge for administering medication yeah. yeah I know I've given medicine to dogs I've had to give shots to dogs and it is not always easy it is not always safe and sometimes they just don't want to take it Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some medicines that must be kept in the refrigerator. They, you know, you have to have a responsible person know the ABCs of what to do with the medicine. Yep. Yep. And that's exactly it. So that's, I mean, truly don't be surprised. Yeah. Um, you know, if there is a fee for that, because yeah, we need to have a seasoned trained individual mm -hmm. to perform that. Um, and at the same time, uh, People ask too, and, and this is where dog walkers come into play where, oh, my dog just had a surgery. You know, I don't know if daycare is appropriate, but I need someone to let it out. It, you know, I work 12 yeah. hours or what have you. Um, your daycare will typically have somebody that they could recommend. Um, in our case, we offer a program called a day stay yeah. where you choose which of our boarding options and the dog stays in that boarding option for the day versus being in play. And it still gets out to potty with a member of our staff. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. I never really thought of that because if you know somebody's getting spayed or neutered and just had surgery, right? Uh, and you still need to go to them, work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And why take them completely out of their environment? And it is it's a process of hiring a dog walker to come to your house to get to Correct. know your dog, and they are in where they may be have some discomfort you know, all of those awful things that can go on. It's nice to have somebody to look after them. That's really important, I think, to, that yeah. I never thought of. Yep, yeah. yep. So, you know, that's an option for you um, to, again, just have that conversation of um, can the dog still come and just stay somewhere, but then you're still letting it out and, and that type of thing. Um, you know, when we talk about handler training, again, every facility is different. Some facilities... Um, we'll use different tools and techniques to correct dogs that are behaving badly. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you need to make sure that you're comfortable with them. Yeah. You know, the most common tools are a slip lead. So that's a leash that just flips over the dog's head. Yeah. Um, Cause some daycares play naked. Okay. And we're not referring to staff, by the way. <laughs> um, that's where all collars are removed from dogs. So that way, if dogs are playing one dog's mouth can't get caught up on another dog's okay. collar. Yeah. So the term is called playing naked um, and other facilities don't, but either way. Uh, yeah. So most facilities will have slip leads. It just slips over your dog's head real quick. And then they can escort your dog out of the play group. Um, 
Squirt bottles are another very common piece. You know, it, it allows an extension of the hand in theory to get the dog's attention. Yeah, so then yeah. the handler can go, hey, Fluffy didn't like that. Come here, come here, yeah. you know, yeah. and get them to walk away. A safe um, extension, a real safe absolutely. extension. Absolutely. I mean, it's hand. water. Yeah. Um, there's a thing called Pet Correct, which is compressed air. Oh, the yeah. The nozzle on it is like different. Yeah, yeah. So it goes, I like that. Really loud. Yeah. Um, some facilities do have air horns, you know, and again, that's, it's not meant for an everyday correction. It's meant yeah. for those moments that they oh need gosh. to, you yeah. know, get everyone's attention and, and negate a situation. So it, that's just always something to know, you know, what do they use uh, to help manage the pack? And, and that's really what it is. We're managing the pack of yeah. dogs um, in a daycare environment, unless you're doing the enrichment or the day training. So just make sure you're comfortable with them. I think one thing I would want to know, and I don't know if you get asked this, is do scuffles ever happen? Like we talked last time about, you know, breaking up uh, a scuffle or a fight or something that happens. Yep. I'm sure you use those techniques. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because uh, most people will, if their dog was involved in a scuffle, they'll make the assumption that it was some new dog. No, it's typically a dog they've been playing with for years. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who has had siblings... Yeah, oh, um, yeah. Knows how that goes, right? You're <laughs> yeah. playing until all of a sudden somebody punches a little too hard uh -huh. or says something a little too mean. And now we're no longer playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, no, most little scuffles happen in those types of scenarios. Okay. Two dogs are playing, having a great time. And, you know, Fluffy just accidentally stepped on Scooby's ear. And now Scooby thought it was intentional. Now Scooby's going to try and take a bite out of Fluffy's ear. Um, oh, yeah. And that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> do they ever get so. back along again? And usually they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> usually do. So typically, what happens then? Both dogs are removed from the play okay. group. Both dogs are given, you know, a timeout yeah. to just collect their thoughts. Uh, obviously, you know, everyone will check over looking for scratches or punctures. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, when we're looking for scratches or punctures, it's different than when you're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're on cuddled up on the couch for two hours rubbing on your dog. You're going to find those little scratches and things like that. Yeah. That we're not going to find because what we're looking for is a bad one. Yeah. We're not blood. looking for the minor one. Yeah. We're checking for blood. We want to know, is there an open hole somewhere? Mm -hmm. um, and with dogs, especially the furry ones, yep. we don't find that sometimes for hours afterwards yeah. um, because the dogs are jumping on each other and scratching each other that those don't bleed right away. So we may miss it and then you catch it later at night. So don't be upset with the facility if they didn't catch it, especially on those hairy dogs. Um, <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's really, that's an, so obviously if somebody had a big scuffle, but what about the small scuffles? Do you, do you tell the pet parent when they come in? You know? um, we typically don't if it's something that was negated right away. Yeah. You know, um, or we might just say, oh, so-and-so, they were having a little discussion today and got a little heated um, and, okay. you know, everybody was fine and moved on. Uh, if it's something where there is an injury, um, those, you know, that we can see, yeah. that we find, um, yeah. obviously those we usually let people know. And then we tell them the severity, you know, yeah. hey, Fluffy got a little scratch on his nose because Reggie's um, claw accidentally caught it when they were boxing with each other. Yeah. You know, we cleaned it up with uh, some peroxide or, or whatever the, the protocol is for the, for the facility. 
and then put some Neosporin on it. And, you know, he was fine and they all went back to playing. If it's something that is more significant. And sometimes when I say significant, it's not that the fight or scuffle was more significant, but the injury. Okay. Yeah. It's the injury. It's the injury. So in daycare environments, we typically don't let dogs run. Because remember that border collie I said I kick out pretty regularly? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So when the dogs get to running as a pack, Uh they tag each other. Yeah. The dilemma is they're tagging each other with their mouths. Uh So um, the wounds that I have typically had to make a call on, we're trying to stop the dogs from running in the play yard. And somebody takes a bite out of somebody. And again, it wasn't being malicious. It was playing no. tag, just yeah. like kids on a playground, right? You're playing tag and yeah. I tagged you too hard and you fell yeah. and scuffed your knee. It, 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 the intent was not malicious. The intent was not aggressive. You're playing tag. Yeah. Um, but when a tag happens, that makes a nice horizontal cut in the side of the dog. And then it does what we call fish melting, where every time the dog moves, it opens and closes. Oh yeah. That yeah. requires stitches. Yeah. The wound is typically a flesh wound. So again, it's not gushing blood, like it's barely seeping anything, mm-hmm. but because the wound opens and closes, it's going to require stitches. It's not going to heal yeah. very pretty on its yeah. own. And do you um, have a vet on call or that you would take them to? We would all, majority of facilities are going to use your vet because you have the relationship with the vet. The dog has the relationship for the vet and the vet knows any pre-existing conditions. And that's the important part. Um, we had a dog, well, she jumped off a piece of playground equipment and did not land very gracefully. Oh. And ended like she, around her eye socket was swelling up. Oh. And I had called the vet and I said, you know, do you want, we carry doggy aspirin. And so I asked the vet, you know, we carry doggy aspirin. Is that something you want me to give? And he said, just a minute. He checked the dog's file and the dog actually has an allergic reaction to aspirin. Mm-hmm. So that was a no. Yeah. And instead he had us come out and just pick up um, some, the dog was boarding with us. So he had us just come out and pick up some alternative to aspirin Uh to reduce the swelling. Um, So, yeah, so that's the important part. You know, we don't always know that, oh, your, you know, your dog was treated for limes. You know, your dog has a heart murmur. You know, we don't always know all of that Mm -hmm. information. And so, yeah, when there is, is something significant, the veterinarian is always brought into play and it's always your veterinarian. Now, that being said, if for some odd reason your veterinarian is not available and they don't provide emergency um, calls or access, then yes, most facilities have a veterinarian that they would work with um, who will accept emergency patients for them. Yeah, yeah. And poop. We're going to talk about poop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like the most obvious thing, but, uh, yeah, poop, poop is very important in our industry. Um, Oh yeah. Actually, when people ask me what I do for a living, I tell them I'm a poop picker upper and, um, I'm an expert in poo, but, uh, so we have some dogs that come to daycare and every time they come to daycare, they have liquid diarrhea. Oh yeah. They are just so excited to be at daycare, Yeah, but they have irritable bowel syndrome. Oh yeah. And when we'll tell the pet parent, Hey, ducky had diarrhea today. All right. Well, let's poop, you know, in the next day. Oh, he pooped just fine at home. It was solid. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it happens, you it know, does. but we're looking at yeah. poop from a stress level situation. Oh. So when, when we're, you know, we become poop experts. So, so the diarrhea might mean just irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. Anxiousness, nervousness, excitement. 
you know, diarrhea isn't always like this horrible negative, but we always want to make pet parents aware. So, so we do become poo experts. Um, you know, we're going to see the fun stuff that your dog might've eaten at Christmas time oh, yeah. um, or gotten into yeah. your bathroom garbage yep. and uh, those types of things. But uh, yeah, so we, we are always monitoring poop in our industry. We yeah. are poop experts. And uh, so when we are giving you poop information, mm-hmm. we're not telling you to gross you out. We're not yeah. telling you that your dog is sick. Yep. We just want you to be aware so yeah. you can monitor it to see, is it something that just happens at daycare? So that is why we communicate these things to you. Yeah, and, and it's important to know about your dog that that happens. Uh, Absolutely. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be prepared. Um, and same with their behaviors too. You know, some people get offended when we're telling you, hey, you know, Fluffy was a little too happy with the friends yeah. today. We had yeah. lots of, you know, timeouts or we're having, you know, having to recall them or move them to a yeah. different play group. Yeah. It is not personal. It has nothing to do with you as the pet parent. It has to do with Fluffy and Fluffy's choices at daycare. Well, and also what is going on with that dog that might be causing that? I think, uh, you know, for me, when you see a change in a dog, that means something, you know, right. if that's the possibility. You know, it, it's important not to be... Um, you do feel like you're being criticized if somebody's telling you something about your dog because it's like your child. (laughs) Yes. 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 It is not a reflection on you. And yeah. So our, our communication with you as the owner, we feel like we are all part of the team, you know, and we're, we're in the team of raising your pup to be a very good pup. And we want to make sure that everyone is on the same page because nobody likes surprises. You know, you don't want your dog going to a daycare for two years. And then all of a sudden they say, yeah, your dog, you know, we need, we need to let your dog go. Like he's not a good fit. Well, he's been going there for two years. Usually if something developed, there is some working out of it. Well, you know, there's that communication. Right. Right. So if it's leading up to, Hey, you know, we're working on this issue with Fluffy. Just want to make you aware. And then, you know, a few weeks later, Hey, Fluffy's not getting any better. This is what we're trying, you know? Yeah, setting you up to know that if things don't change, yeah, Fluffy is not going to be able to come back. Um, And there are some things that are, of course, non-negotiable. And every daycare has what they deem as being non-negotiable. What is that? For some daycares, uh, if your dog instigated a scuffle for no reason, they're immediately excused. Um, For some daycares, if your dog is overzealous with the staff, that could get them excused you know, depending on the type of staff that they have and where they are and what they can handle. So again, don't be offended. It's not about you. Fluffy made choice. And based (laughs) on Fluffy's choices, this is what happens. That's why there's dog walkers (laughs) that come in midday. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's really, there are just so many options that you need to just figure out what works best for your dog. Yeah. And what works best for your dog, trust your gut. Uh, and there's always another daycare that you, you know, go search for one that fits that one's not right for you. Absolutely. It's important. Well, Eve, thank you so much uh, for talking with me today. I've taken up a lot of your time. <laughs> no and, uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be seeing you next month. Sounds good. Yeah.